0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Uh, I appreciate all of you and hope that you are having fantastic starts, maybe for some of you, to your Labor Day weekend. want to tell you to go sign up for the OutKick VIP Make sure that you get the ability to get an autographed copy of my book. We just got thousands of books delivered uh, to my house or they're supposed to be delivered to my house in the next day or so. I should say we've got hundreds of books that are presently here. If you signed up for the OutKick VIP, I am signing all those books presently and they are rolling out to all of you. You can call the OutKick VIP line, uh, you get OutKick message boards, you get exclusive access to everything And we have got a lot to get into today. But go sign up for the Outkick VIP today. Uh, All right, Uh, several different things I want to get to, but I want to start right off the top here and say another big win against the Corona Bros. FBS college football officially kicks off tonight with Central Arkansas at UAB and with South Alabama. at Southern Miss. We then have games on Saturday and we also have games on Monday and I gotta tell you right here and now that feels amazing. For somebody like me who's been battling the Corona Bros and all of their outlandish articles and all their outlandish fear porn for months now FBS is officially here and the Corona Bros said this day would never arrive and they're going to be crying in their basements over the return of college football. Guys, we got college football tonight. We got college football Saturday. We got college football Monday. And then, as if that were not enough, we've also got the NFL kicking off on Thursday. And then we've got the ACC and the Big 12 kicking off on that next Saturday. Everything is rolling in our direction and the Corona Bros are desperately they're desperately hanging on to dear life to try to keep the Big Ten from being able to play this fall. Let me tell you the latest from the Big Ten so far as I know it. Uh, alright? gotta flip a bunch of voters. Gotta flip Big Ten presidents who voted no. Gotta flip them to yes, alright? Here's where I would tell you to start to focus your fire. State of Indiana. We know we got three yes votes. Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State. There is no reason whatsoever why IU and why Purdue should be opposed to college football happening in the state of Indiana when when it's a Republican governor, a former Republican governor is the head of Purdue, and Notre Dame is going to be playing. Notre Dame is going to be playing this fall in the same state with fans present. This to me is an easy call. Here are the states that I think are potentially flippable. Pennsylvania. Penn State's president should flip, all right? Should flip no matter what, the data is clear. Maryland. Governor there should put the pressure on the University of Maryland to flip both schools in Indiana. Minnesota, Wisconsin, boom. There's your ability to actually make things happen. Remember, Mike Pence is from Indiana. If he wanted to get involved I would think he could flip this. And by the way, even if you say Indiana and Purdue are not big basketball schools, uh, sorry, big football schools, they are big basketball schools. And if you want basketball back indoors, you better get football back out of doors before all is said and done. All right? So, this is a plan that needs to be put into action. What's What are we waiting on? We're waiting on the Big Ten to notify the White House about what medical help the White House can provide. What material, what tests, what additional resources might be necessary from the Big Ten. The White House is eager, ready, and willing to work to try to make Big Ten football possible. But the Big Ten has to help the White House and tell them what they need in order to be able to play this fall. Myocarditis has gotten back in the Corona Bro news and that's because the Corona Bros are desperate to keep the Big Ten from playing. All of the Corona Bros in the media who told you college football would never be played all of them are fighting as hard as they can so that they can keep the Big Ten from playing. I want you to think about how crazy this is. We've got people who cover sports for a living desperate to try to keep the Big Ten from actually playing because it upsets their worldview If people get back to normalcy at all including football players there's something flagrantly wrong with that regardless of what else you might have heard. Positive news, Central Arkansas played on Saturday no positive tests they're good to go on Thursday they're going to have two games played they're going to play more games this fall than the entire Big Ten. Would you have ever imagined that Central Arkansas was going to be one of the stalwarts of the college football season? Uh, So this is, I believe, a battle for truth, decency, facts, science and people who can actually handle risk and understand it. College kids are more likely to die of the seasonal flu. They're more likely to be murdered. They're more likely to die of alcohol overdoses. They are more likely to die of drug overdoses. They are more likely to commit suicide and they're more likely to die in cars driving to campus than they are from the coronavirus. This is utter insanity that the Big Ten is not playing. But, I want to give props to college football, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Central Arkansas, and UAB for actually being back to play. Coronavirus update. Cases continue to plummet substantially. You go look at the graph in Florida. You go look at the graph in Texas. You go look at the graph in Arizona. All of the states where the Corona Bros were spreading their fear porn all of it is collapsing now. All of it is falling down around the Corona Bros. They're having to acknowledge that New York, New Jersey, Michigan, Pennsylvania all of those states were an unmitigated disaster and that what is going to happen in the rest of the country is in no way like that because they're not going to send infected patients back into nursing homes. In fact, if New York and New Jersey and, uh, can, and, and, and Michigan and Pennsylvania and all those states had just not been disasters, this would have been a pinprick of an issue in the United States. Look at the rates in New York and New Jersey. They are twice the rate of death anywhere else in the world. We should be investigating Cuomo. We should be investigating Murphy, the governors of those states to find out what actually happened and why in the world It is such a ridiculous situation but again, the numbers are uh, declining substantially and rapidly. Several things that I want to get into. I don't think it makes sense for the NFL to get woke and to put people's names on helmets and all these different slogans on helmets. I think it's going to alienate a large percentage of their viewing audience. But, if they're going to do it they need to have a wide variety of names that can be honored permitted on helmets and I think this is a positive. Tyler Eifert has been allowed to put Sergeant David Dorn's name on his helmet and I got to salute Eifert for making that decision. Dorn was murdered during looting and protesting in St. Louis. He was a a lifelong police officer much beloved in the St. Louis community. His death got a fraction of the attention of George Floyd a fraction of the attention of the shooting of Jacob Blake and if you're going to allow people to put people's names on their helmets props to Tyler Eifert for putting David Dorn's name on the helmet. Remember, it was only a few years ago that the NFL wouldn't allow Jason Witten to put a helmet decal on the Dallas Cowboy helmets to respect and pay homage to the five Dallas police officers who were killed by Black Lives Matter uh, by a Black Lives Matter activist. Everybody just seems to have completely forgotten about that story but if they're going to put names onto helmets they need to make sure that the names on the helmets are at least expansive enough to encompass true heroes and also by the way has anybody thought about what the reaction is going to be if Jacob Blake's name is on Helmets. Jacob Blake who was being arrested for felony sexual assault who had the police called on him. This Remember how angry everybody got at the NFL for Ray Rice? Imagine if the NFL had allowed Ray Rice's name to be put onto Helmets to honor him for being treated unfairly after a video was out of him knocking his wife out. That would be crazy, right? Well, it's not like Jacob Blake is a hero. He had a outstanding felony sexual assault warrant. He was trespassing. He refused to consent uh, and comply with police officers. Is the NFL really going to put a guy's name on their helmets who has a felony sexual assault charge outstanding? Now look, you can argue oh he shouldn't have gotten shot as many times as he did. That's an argument. But is he still somebody that you want to honor and you want kids to emulate in their lives? I just think that the NFL is setting itself up for a real problem here. Not to mention, some of these guys have been proven their stories aren't true. Like Michael Brown. Are we going to allow Michael Brown's name on the back of helmets when we know that hands up, don't shoot is a lie? I just, I think the NFL is stepping into a real mess here. And the conflict between Me Too and Black Lives Matter, I'm actually here for it to see which on the victimization pyramid which part of the victimization pyramid uh, would win here? Is it the black woman who called police for being sexually assaulted? Or is it the black man who refused to comply with police officer instructions was a, uh, was a felony sexual assault uh, being accused of felony sexual assault and, and also potentially armed himself? All of this is, is interesting again on the victimization pyramid to figure out what exactly is going to happen here when they both end up going head to head, this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a mess. I think the NFL is walking really into a huge monster mess when all is played out here, uh, associated with statements on helmets. Uh, a couple of other things: the English Premier League. We've talked a lot about the NBA and the fact that they are extreme hip- hypocrites when it comes to China and their relationship with China the English Premier League ended their relationship leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table because of multifactored issues including not being able to rely on business partners but I think this puts additional pressure on the NBA. The English Premier League basically said hey we're not doing business with you China after several different EPL players spoke out about concentration camps in China, about lack of basic human rights in Hong Kong and all of that is connected, I believe, to the English Premier League decision to end relationships in China. So why in the world, if that is going on, is the NBA not being asked about their taking billions of dollars from China in uh, and without saying a word about all the Chinese human rights violations? I think it is a really interesting question to try and figure out what's going on there and why the EPL has testicular fortitude and the NBA has absolutely none at all. So props to the English Premier League for taking a stand there. Couple of other thoughts. Uh, NBA officiating drama. The NBA was just a joke last night. First of all, it wasn't a foul uh, against uh, against the Heat. And then you can't call that foul on Giannis to end the game and allow uh, a situation like Jimmy Butler gets to go to the line with no time left. The NBA is like the WWE down the stretch. And then you had all the messy situation going on between the Rockets and uh, the Thunder. Props to James Harden for out of nowhere. Finally making a defensive play rotating over and blocking that shot. But the whole down the stretch scenario was all completely broken uh, and as a result I gotta say it just didn't actually make any sense at all. Somebody said, oh you're watching a lot of NBA. Not really. I watched the final five minutes of most games. Last night what I did was go to Tenet. Three straight weeks. Three straight weeks I've been going to movies. I went two weeks ago to Empire Strikes Back. I went last week to Ghostbusters, the originals and I also, last night, went to go see Tenet. Tenet, really entertaining movie. It was in an IMAX theater. For people out there who are obsessed with masks, you have to wear a mask into the movie theater. And then once you are in the movie theater, you can buy popcorn, you can buy all your treats, you can get your drinks, and you sit down and you take your mask off. And you watch a movie and it's completely normal. So I loved it. Three straight weeks in the movie theater. Three straight weeks you buy concessions, you go sit in your chair and it's completely normal. Right? It's completely normal. So uh, I'm glad that movie theaters are back open. Tenet is a mind-blowing, totally crazy, difficult to follow, really wildly engaging movie that you're probably going to watch more than one time. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I was just excited to be back in a movie theater and be able to watch a new release in front of a huge IMAX screen. It was a lot of fun. I think they're trying to set up a multi-part Tenet series and Christopher Nolan in general is pretty phenomenal. I still think the Dark Knight trilogy is the best superheroes that have ever been done. So that was fun to go watch. Got to go watch Tenet. Couple of other things I have noted here. Uh, Leonard Fournette to the Bucks Uh, the Bucks offense is going to be legit. You talk about all of those wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans among them, arguably the best duo in the NFL right now. If Rob Gronkowski comes back healthy, and you add in O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, that's the five best receivers that Tom Brady has ever had in his career as a, uh, as a playmaker at quarterback. And then you also add in uh, the fact that they've now got Leonard Fournette. I love the draft pick of uh, of the Vandy uh, player whose name is now immediately escaping me because I have to remember too many different names I'm talking about this. Uh, third round pick. Uh, the big time out of the backfield. I think he's going to fit Brady well. I think that he will be a, a, a solid, uh, solid addition. Somebody can put his name in the comments so I can stop forgetting it off the top of my head. Keyshawn Vaughn. There you go. Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be, I think, a difference maker for them out of uh, Vanderbilt, believe it or not. I like his playmaking ability as a receiver. I like the ability of Leonard Fournette to be able to be there, a guy they can just rely on to pound the line of scrimmage, make the play-action pass, be even more respected. This Bucks offense is going to be legit. Remember, they were good enough to score a lot of points with Jameis Winston, even as Jameis Winston also went for the 30-30 club. Ronald Jones also still an attractive running back as well. I just love everything about the moves the Bucks have made on the offensive side of the ball. Finally, Stephen A. Smith was triggered... He was worked up, he was upset about Steve Nash getting a new job uh, as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets and Stephen A said it was white privilege. This is an example of what I think is all too common in sports today. Only look at the race of the person involved and don't consider anything else. Here are some black point guards formerly in the NBA who have gotten head coaching jobs with limited resumes of coaching on their uh, their background. Ready? Mark Jackson, Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, Isaiah Thomas, Tyronn Lue, Doc Rivers. If anything, now add Steve Nash to that list, if anything it seems to me what the NBA has a bias in favor of is point guards. And that there may very well be point guard privilege with the idea being that all of these guys understand as point guards how to see the floor and manage a team better than anybody else, alright? Remember, all of these guys, Mark Jackson, Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, Isaiah Thomas, Tyron Lou, Doc Rivers, there are undoubtedly others including Magic Johnson who have gotten head coaching jobs without any real experience at substantial level in the league as head coaches before. That's point guard privilege. It's not white privilege. Stephen A. with a big fat swing and a miss here. All right. Appreciate all of you, Avery Johnson. A lot of guys in uh, a lot of guys in college and in the pros as well. You guys are all rolling through Avery Johnson. Uh, point guard privilege, indeed. There are a lot of guys that get jobs without having substantial histories as head coaches in the league. All right. I love all of you. I got to go do my television show. Uh, Fox Bet Live and then I will be live tomorrow morning on the radio headed into the Labor Day weekend. Enjoy college football being back. Central Arkansas at UAB and South Alabama at Southern Miss. I know, I know. It ain't a great game. It ain't an incredible game. But it's our game. College football is back, baby. The Corona Bros taking a big fat L right on the chin. They're on the canvas looking up at the sky wondering if they can get up before the 10 count and I'm not sure they're getting up, boys and girls. Love you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I will talk to you. Kisses from me to all of you. I'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Thank you, Facebook.